Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Carl Itzi. He is founder and managing director of Arsenal. It's a digital agency. We're going to talk to him about the state of marketing in cannabis and CBD. Carl's done a lot of work in the marketing space. He's worked with several cannabis CBD companies. We're going to talk to him about some of the things he's learned. You know, this whole kind of cannabis sector when it comes to marketing is still problematic given the whole federal legalization and regulation and what you can do and not do on some of these platforms. Platforms. I know a lot of cannabis companies, you know, CBD and, and otherwise that are struggling. You know, they're struggling to figure out good strategies, strategies that really work. They're going to stick around. Unfortunately, the landscape keeps changing as well. But we're going to have a conversation with Carl to kind of find out what he's learned and where, where things stand today and uh, hopefully help some companies out there that are looking to market, to gain audience, to gain awareness for their brands, for their products. This is good. It should be a, a really valuable episode. I'm looking forward to it. With that, Carl, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. So before we get into the 
the nuts and bolts of marketing and all these different platforms and CBD and cannabis. Give us a little bit of your personal background, professional background, the company, like how how did things start? How did you get into cannabis? Give us the backstory. Well, first of all, I started Arsenal about four years ago. We're a digital agency based in Miami. And our range of services are from branding to performance marketing. But at core, we're e-commerce and online advertising people. We love to do performance advertising and see the results at the end of the day. And I started the agency after about 10 years plus in big agencies. I did a lot of work for automotive companies up in Detroit and also financial services and consumer goods and retailers with other agencies that I led up in Boston and here in Florida. The focus of our business is digital and really that dovetailed with a lot of work in the retail space. And as cannabis started to emerge, we took an interest in it. We have a lot of experience in businesses where there's a heavy compliance component like uh, adult beverage and banking Mm -hmm. and cannabis was really a natural outgrowth of that. Yeah. And tell us, uh, I mean, I guess as you kind of saw that sort of the national extension, I guess, why was it an extension? And then why was it not an extension? I mean, what, how, how was it similar and how was it different, I guess, from these other regulated industries that have similar kind of you know constraints or, or things you can do and can't do in terms of marketing? How were you able to leverage some of that stuff? And what was different that you realized once you got into cannabis that actually doesn't play like some of these other folks? It's a really great question. When we work on adult beverage businesses, especially for some of the larger companies that you know, we'd like to joke that there are law firms that sell alcohol. They're really compliance driven. And the first rule of advertising for those businesses is don't get them in trouble. And I think that extends to businesses like cannabis too. The difference with cannabis is that the landscape is really uncertain. The regulators are not established and out ahead of the advertisers. The advertisers and the consumers are out ahead of the regulators, which the regulators acknowledge. So there's a tremendous uncertainty, both in terms of regulation and that extends to how the ad platforms treat it. Yeah, I can imagine that for an industry like like beverages, you kind of know the rules of the game. <laughs> and when you we know do. the rules of the game, you can develop really sophisticated strategies, making sure you're not going to step over the line. You can get really close to the line. But, you know, in cannabis, it's like, you know, the lines appear and disappear at random with no warning and with no logic <laughs> at times. That's exactly what we see. And yeah. it makes it difficult for brands to want to make the investment. Everybody wants to grow. It's a great business. CBD is going to be a $25 billion global industry in the next two or three years. The growth has been there. The consumer demand has been there. It's really about having a regulatory lane that sets it on a good path. Yeah. And so my my general kind of perception or experience so far in this has been, you know, in the early days before platforms kind of got, I guess, more formalized or, or more structured in how they were monitoring this stuff. It was a little bit of a wild west and you could kind of get away with a lot of things and some companies were able to do a bunch of stuff and, you know, the kind of early movers had a little bit of an advantage because they were, you know, they were just putting stuff out there before these platforms started to lock it down. And then it went through a pretty heavy lockdown period. And then it seems like over the last six, maybe 12 months, things have started to open up a little bit, or at least the the platforms have been a little bit more willing or specific in terms of what they're allowing, what they're not allowing. I know like Instagram is, you know, has been really big for a lot of cannabis companies. Give us your kind of, you know, the thumbnail sketch of how this has played out over the last couple of years in terms of marketing on these platforms, what has been available, what's not been available, and how has it changed? I think it's a great question, and it's a good observation about Instagram, and I'll go to that in just a sec. But I think in general, we all know that at the end of 2018, the Farm Bill was passed, and brands that were in the space uh, before that were sort of few and far between. There was CBD marketing going on. It just wasn't at a national level. It wasn't really up on the table, and the ad platforms didn't have to pay too much attention to it. 
after the Farm Bill passed, over 3,000 companies got into the business in the U.S. of selling CBD-related products. And the money started to get the attention of both the regulators and the ad platforms. So at that point, they started to make much more specific, put out some documentation and try to essentially set some rules for what you could you could not do. The issue has been that, of course, those that threshold has changed and it's changed. That's been really the only consistent thing about it is, as you said, the, the goal line has moved. So what we've seen in the ad space is really that there's two approaches. There are some larger brands or brands that are taking a long-term view who are trying to work with the ad platforms and ensure that what they're doing really reflects the need for the ad platforms to have some sense of compliance and really not get in trouble with the federal government for pushing CBD products. And then there are other brands that are taking what I would consider a more short-term approach, which is to try to stay one step ahead of the ad platform sensor. And we think those are very short-term approaches and that, in general, aren't good for brands who are looking for sustainability in the space. Yeah, meaning me, because you're kind of trying not to get caught, <laughs> but at some point you will get caught. And so, you know, your long-term reputation, your long-term ability is going to be compromised eventually is the trade-off, it sounds like. Um, that's absolutely the case. And we encourage the brands we we work with to really view this as the first inning in a long, long ball game. Yeah. I hate to use the sports analogy, but you're talking about a business that's just had its initial burst of consumer interest. It's come on the scene. It's really only a couple of years old in terms of full-scale marketing. And this will be a substantial global business for the brands that survived what you referred to as the great culling. Yeah. And we're looking to work with those brands and ensure that the brands that we're working with are among those brands that have long-term sustainable relationships with consumers and the ad platforms. Yeah. So give us a sense, I mean, in terms of from the platform's perspective, you know, if I'm Google, if I'm Facebook, if I'm, you know, any of these kind of advertising platforms, why do I have these restrictions? Like, what am I worried about? What's the risk that I'm trying to manage? Why am I putting these kind of restrictions in place? Really, it comes down to the term CBD and the differentiation that the ad platforms put on the term CBD versus full spectrum hemp extract. The platforms have made the decision that allowing advertisers to openly use and push sales for products that are specifically CBD is going to trip the regulators and get them in trouble as ad platforms. But they are okay referring to products as full-spectrum hemp extract. Being in the business of selling hemp is okay. Plant-based therapies are okay. Saying CBD in ads, at least on Facebook and Instagram platforms, and also on Google platforms and Amazon is not going to work in today's market. So is it really just a matter of language? Just not, as long as you don't use those terms, you're good? Or is there really, like, based on your underlying products and and what is actually contained? I mean, if I'm an isolate product versus a full spectrum versus, you know, it's like how much do they really care about the products themselves versus what you're just claiming and saying in the copy and in the, the websites that you're pushing? I think I could have that discussion with our reps at those platforms and talk to five different reps and get five. <laughs> different answers. <laughs> yeah. But in practice, what I think it means for brands and marketing people who might be listening to this podcast is stay away from using CBD in your ad copy, stay away yeah. from using it in your landing page experience, and you'll stay generally on the good side of the ad platforms. Yeah. And how does this regulation work? I mean, I, I've, I've talked to many companies who so was like, oh, my Facebook account got shut down or my Instagram got shut down, you know, it got, and they do some kind of appeals and sometimes they get it back, sometimes they don't. I mean, I, I guess, how does this play out in practical terms for 
you know, for advertisers, for brands, or for, you know, folks like you who are helping with brands advertise, is this kind of trial and error? And is it ask for permission or seek forgiveness? <laughs> what, what is the strategy that people are using? And what's the strategy that you should use? I love the way you put that, because what we've done with our brands is ask for permission. We've used our relationships at the ad platforms to ask our representatives to clarify the rules of the road, tell us what is what is viable and what is not viable on the platforms. When possible, introduce our advertisers to the ad platforms so that there's a face and a person and a sense of responsibility that goes beyond the account. And really tried to listen to what the ad platforms have told us in terms of what's permissible and what's not. And our feeling has been that by doing that, we're setting the stage for resolving problems if and when they come up. Ad platforms have compliance people. It doesn't matter if you're advertising a hemp-based product or anything else. Really, there is a chance that somebody could run across your ad and say, hey, that's not in compliance or, you know, you can't say that on this platform. They may be right or they may be wrong. And usually there's a review process for it. But what we found is that in the space that we're in, the hemp space, the review process is inexact at best. And what's important for brands who really want to do this right is to have the relationship and develop the relationship with the ad platforms so that when it does come down to review process, that there's a person and a sense of who you are as a brand advertiser that will help the ad platforms understand that you're trying to do the right thing. When we talk about getting permission, I mean, is this formal permission, like you get a sign off and then you're safe? Or is this kind of, well, you talk to somebody at least and they said it's okay, but things can still go awry. But, you know, at least you can have some traceability back to say, well, you know, we talked to so-and-so, you know, and if it's a problem, at least you're not going to get sort of shut down completely. I mean, I guess how does this play out in, in practice when you've kind of worked with these brands and worked with the platforms? How do the conversations go and how how complicated does it get? You know, I think it's 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 not a stated permission. I think the ad platforms and the representatives that work with sizable, and by that I mean emerging in this space, emerging mid-sized brands, is really to say, okay, this is what we this is what's allowed in terms of our rules and regulations. These are the same for everybody. We need to make sure you're aware of what this means and how we'll look at the various things that could come up in the course of advertising within the space. And if you do those things, we're going to be able to talk to you if you have an issue. And so I don't think it's a, an edict or anything that comes up specific. There's no written permission, but it really is like anything else, the process of developing a relationship and making sure that you can talk to somebody if an issue arises. Got it. And how, I mean, I guess, what are you presenting to them? And are, are you giving them real drafts of like you know, drafts of copy, examples of landing pages? Are you talking in through that? Or are you just kind of, I guess, how do you actually present what you're going to do to these folks? Actually, all of that. Yeah. I think it's very important for brands to, in this space, to understand that their landing experiences can't say CBD, that this is about full spectrum hemp extract. And if that's the product that you're stepping to an ad platform and showing that you're selling, that that's going to be acceptable to generally under today's requirements to the ad platforms and mm-hmm. CBD will not. And that's the same for advertising. I think there's also some nuances in too that go beyond what's actually explicitly written in terms of services or policies on the ad platforms. And that's really trying to not be too aggressive in terms of selling discounts and promotions and fire sales right out of the gate. Our experience with the ad platforms is to go a little bit slow, uh, find a way to present your product in the right way, make sure that there's, if not an educational component, a very good branded 
content experience that's supporting it and walk before you run in terms of putting it on sale and really screaming that, especially in social media. Yeah. It seems like kind of building a little bit of brand, a little bit of value before, you know, trying to be overly promotional. And I think that that's advice that stands for any business that's stepping to the ad platforms, whether it's a cannabis industry business or not, is really you're using an ad platform and a publisher to publish advertising. And they're obviously going to take a look at what you're putting out there. And they're going to be a lot more concerned about it in the first couple of months when you first step to them than they are when you've had a year of experience with them. Yeah. And I'm curious how this category stuff is playing out. I mean, I certainly see, you know, like tinctures and things like that, ingestibles versus topicals versus like pet versus, you know, other face masks, so CBD face masks, things like that. I mean, do you see the categories as different or have you seen differences in how they're treating kind of the product itself? On the books, as far as the advertising platforms go, there are some nuances in terms of what is permissible. Ingestibles are given harder scrutiny than, for example, topicals. Yeah. In our experience, it's all about the same. Uh, okay. We treat the rules and we would advise our advertisers to treat everything as if they were ingestibles and go from there. Yeah, just sort of to be on the safe side and not not uh, overstretch. That's correct. And so uh, any examples, insights, things that you've found have worked well in terms of you know specific strategies on how to use the advertising, how to use landing pages, how to use you know other content, anything that has been successful for you so far with some of your clients? Yes. So as you rightly pointed out, the business is changing. And at first there was a, an absolute euphoria, which is very consistent with new businesses. There's a legislative approval. There's, there's the ability for people to go out and market. There's a lot of consumer interest. There's media hype. And all of that happened in the full spectrum hemp extract space. And at the same time, there were a lot of companies that entered into the business. And we've gotten to a point where some of that euphoria is worn off a little bit and there's been a lot more supply than demand at times. And it's really put the emphasis on needing to behave as if you were not in a bubble business, but one where investing in your brand and being the best you can be is really important to differentiate yourselves from a lot of competitors. So our advice to companies is number one is invest in your brand. No performance marketing is going to work. Just because you put an ad out there and say, I sell tincture now, doesn't mean that you have the brand history, the trust from consumers, the word of mouth, the pieces that you need for people to believe that what you're selling, which they're going to put in or on their body, is believable. So investing in your brand and making it visually the best it can be, having a niche and telling a story is incredibly important, both in and outside of your advertising. Yeah. Yeah, I always, um, I always find that differentiating is, is key in any of those things. Yes. And I think the other thing today is to be niche the time to roll out a new tincture entry is probably past, at least for the time being. It's time to be innovative in terms of your product and your packaging, your delivery, and your value proposition. Plant-based therapies are here to stay. There's tremendous consumer demand. And we're seeing brands use that as really a part of a larger narrative as this is a component of a health and wellness story that really speaks to the need states of consumers. Yeah. I'm curious, given the state of the world right now, we're in just for reference for folks who are recording this in beginning of August of 2020, we've been, you know, in this pandemic now for four, five, six months, I guess. How have things shifted in the market on this? Any Anything that you've noticed in terms of trends, changes, either things from before that have shifted or things that you see emerging now? Well, certainly e-commerce has really been the winner here. 
as brick-and-mortar distribution has been curtailed because of COVID and people's inability to really to get to stores. E-commerce has really taken on the huge focus for most of these brands. We've seen huge upticks in sales online since the beginning of COVID, and that has generally continued. The other thing that we're seeing is really emerging stories within the market. Pet, for example, pet CBD is a category has gotten a lot of press over the last couple of months. It's generated a lot of consumer interest, and we're seeing sales grow in some of the businesses that we've worked with uh, on that side of the business. We're also seeing, I think it's fair to point out that really still consistent, this doesn't speak to change, but I want to point this out anyways, we shouldn't see the consistent consumer profile that we've seen for over a year. And this is something I would encourage brands to understand is really the people who are buying products like these for a lot of businesses, they're not millennials. They tend to be older. They're either buying for themselves, mm-hmm. they're caregivers. And a lot of them still have the same questions that uh, we saw on our CRM calls a year ago. What is this? What's it going to do for me? How am I going to feel? Is it safe? Mm-hmm. Um, so there have been some changes, but there's also a steady growth and demand of people who are really new to this business and need to be educated. Yeah. I mean, I'm always curious as, as cannabis is kind of growing as a market and as we're kind of onboarding new you know, consumers, new segments, do you see any kind of emerging trends or anything that you're suspecting, you know, in the coming quarters and coming years as segments or, or, you know, types of consumers that are going to come on board that companies need to be aware of, respond to, potentially change their messaging to, you know, address differently? What's your kind of prognosis on how the CBD market will be, will evolve? I think it's, you know, uh, I, I'm so reverent of so many of the people I see in the space who are innovating. It's really a new idea a day. And you have so yeah. many businesses that are just emerging, really, as people are super creative in terms of how to use this on both the CBD side of the business and the plant-based therapies that are more on the medical side in, in terms of marijuana. Mm-hmm. I think there are new products emerging. Certainly, there's focus, consumer focus on new cannabinoids such as CBN, And there are a lot of categories of products emerging still as delivery systems continue to evolve and people meet the needs of consumers. So I think you'll see just a wider variety of products, a lot of global growth as both the EU and the US get ahead of their regulatory hurdles. And what I do think is that for businesses coming into the business, uh, I know you focus a lot on uh, how to scale businesses that are small and mid-sized. I think those businesses need to really understand that the bar is going to continue to get higher. Yeah. Consumers are going to get smarter. Today, they're confused because they're seeing CBD isolates at 7-Eleven and at the corner gas station. Mm-hmm. Those businesses aren't likely to stand the test of time as full-spectrum, hand-stracked, really high-quality products are going to. Yeah. And I'm curious on the regulatory front. I mean, we've got this... Farm bill passed. The FDA is still kind of something went to the White House that's supposed to be some some guidelines they're issuing or they're proposing to issue about how it gets kind of regulated and monitored. And, you know, people are kind of hoping for various outcomes on that. And then you've got, you know, this, you know, everyone has kind of been talking about getting the cannabis descheduled on from the um, uh, Controlled Substances Act. I mean, I, 
if and when these things happen, how do you see it changing how the marketing strategies? I mean, is this just open the floodgates and like, oh, okay, well, you can do market anything, or do companies still, do the platforms still have these kind of controls, or do you anticipate similar, like it is with alcohol and things like that? You know, there's still kind of limits, or there's still either you know federally mandated or self-imposed, industry self-imposed kind of restrictions or regulations or, or controls that are put in place. How, any thoughts on how that plays out? I'm not sure I have a crystal ball as to how it's going to play out, but I think you mentioned things that we'll continue to see. We'll continue as the federal regulations clarify, there'll be rules around marketing and those rules are going to be really enforced. The second part is that the ad platforms have a tremendous sway in how this goes. Today, basically one out of every two new ad dollars that's spent online goes to either Facebook or Google. And that's not to mention the ungodly control that Amazon has over consumer products in the space. And they're really going to be the platforms that control what kind of messaging is put out there in terms of the space. So I think once there's a good set of federal regulations, the ad platforms are going to get in line. We're going to find out where they stand on these products, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, yeah, I know it's it's a it is a crystal ball situation. <laughs> like if someone really knew it was going to happen, they'd be making lots of money and lots of moves right now because it's certainly uncertain. That's the one thing we do know for sure. Uh, tell us a little bit more about kind of the types of companies you typically work with, kind of strategies you develop, a sense of kind of how you're approaching this sort of the cannabis CBD market. Well, our business is really, you know, we all, everybody in our agency comes from large advertising firms where we've worked on very big businesses and we understand the rhythm and the, the level of output and accountability that comes with that. But our focus is really mid-market businesses. We'd love to work with challengers who are up and coming, who are looking in their sector and trying to find their way to the top. And we feel like we provide a lot of added value in that business because we're bringing that large-scale perspective, but we're efficient and we're cost-effective and relentlessly focus on performance. So we're the type of service business that steps in and really feels for um, our clients, their sales, their revenue growth, and uh, Stanford on Monday mornings when they ask us, uh, how did we do in our advertising last weekend? So what we're looking to do is expand on what we've been able to build in the cannabis space. We've worked on both the marijuana side and the CBD side. And again, we look at this as a very, very young space where we're learning along with everybody else. And we've been fortunate to work with some very reputable national brands and to be on the front line and to be able to test the type of things that we've talked about in this podcast, really to a very nuanced degree to understand what's happening. And we think that we have the opportunity to uh, work with some other businesses in the space and are certainly looking to do that. Yeah. And, and if you're one of these companies, you know, that that's looking to grow and scale and, and looking for strategies on how to really market, you know, advertise using some of these technologies, what are some of the things you recommend in terms of things you need to consider, you know, strategies you need to kind of think about? How do you select, you know, partners to help you on these things, criteria that you should use, anyone that you would not recommend using these techniques and kind of platforms right now? Give us some takeaways for some of these folks to to think about and to consider as they build out their strategies? Well, I think in terms of overall strategy, you know, we spoke about a few of them, certainly investing in your brand. And there are a couple things that, that almost go without saying. You need very high quality social media presences and content. But really, this is about the brand narrative, what your brand stands for, what does it mean, why should consumers believe in it, and how to differentiate it from other other brands that are out there. Because really, there are going to be brands that survive and really come out much stronger out of both the COVID situation, but also, as you called it, the calling in the space. Yeah. And those brands need to act 
not as if they're in a brand new industry that doesn't have any rules, but think about more established businesses where brands really need to stand out like the cosmetic space and operate on that kind of level. And I think being innovative is uh, really what needs to happen today and also educating your consumers. And at this point, I would just go back and say, as I mentioned briefly before, it's really important to know who your consumers are and to align with them. It's very tempting to roll out a great looking website, aim at somebody who's 30 years old and say, this is my market. But that's not really who buys in the space, particularly on the CBD side. They tend to be older. They tend to be female. They're either buying for themselves or their caregivers and really understanding what their needs are and matching your output against that is critically important today. And finally, yeah. in terms of strategy, really being real. Good products will stand the test of time, and they're going to win consumer hearts and minds and market share. And investing in being great will ensure you know, that your brand's one of them. As far as what to stay away for, from certainly businesses that, that step to you and say, hey, we can get you up online, and we'll have you up tomorrow, and we'll throw up a landing page, and if the uh, ad platform shut us down, we'll just put up another one. Our feeling is that's not a good and sustainable strategy, and we've seen a lot of brands three months later looking to get their account back from an ad platform not having much success. And if it sounds really too good to be true like that, it probably is. It's better to take a much more measured approach to do this and to try to do it right. Yeah, like many things in life. (laughs) Yes, that's true. (laughs) Cannabis is no different. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Carl, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the work that you do, what's the best way to get that information? Certainly they can see us on the web. We're uh, Arsenal, spelled funny. It's A-R-S-E-N-L. And our website is arsenalagency.com. And my email is carl at arsenalagency.com. Great. I'll make sure that all those are in the show notes so people can click through, get that information. This has been a pleasure. Thanks. It's great insight, great takeaways, a lot of great value for here. And and I'm very curious to see how things play out. We'll keep in touch. (laughs) We'll see how well our crystal balls do. (laughs) Really appreciate the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.